0: It's a dark night. dark night. It's a dark night. Hello. What's going on everybody. It's the Protect Neck Podcast. I'm gonna let people pile in. Some of you are already waiting. That's pretty cool. Already like the video I see. Uh, hopefully this is not coming into choppy. I was having a little bit I don't know if it was internet or my computer was just like wicked hot. I had to shut it down a little bit before the stream. So uh, if you guys want to let me know in the chat, um, hopefully everything's sounding not too choppy, coming in somewhat clear. Not that you need to see this mug uh, or some of the cut corners. I also had to abandon my eCam Live last second. It wasn't supporting. So just going through the old YouTube studio. It's not like I'm too fancy here. Thanks for joining again. This is all going to be the audio. So hello, audio listeners. It's at the PYM podcast, of course, on social platforms. Find me at Dan Tom MMA on Twitter analyst for MMA This is the protecting neck Podcast. I will have timestamps attached, but we're going to, uh, after a recap of UFC Austin, we're going to break down, uh, briefly touch on Bellator 282's main event and then break down UFC Vegas, two fifty seven, uh, UFC on ESPN 38 from top to bottom. Uh, and we'll, we'll go from there recapping all my picks and plays at the very end, of course. So again, if you're listening in the future, um, then uh yeah cool oh thank you mark fellows crystal clear i see there so that that's good as i uh adjust my screen i'm going to tweet out because i'm a very professional uh podcaster and youtuber especially right as you can see and uh i clearly did not have that ready as i was just worried about like um other stuff like you know trying to make myself look somewhat presentable so i don't scare the kids you know it's not halloween here I like a busted lips some. Pizza face from training, you know, it's okay. I'm not trying to impress anybody, but uh, yeah, it's it's good to see you guys, I guess, even though I'm not really seeing you guys, but I'm sure that's a lot better than actually seeing me. We're going to get to it here in a second. Just going to tweet out, do a cheap quote tweet here. All right. We're live, breaking down hashtag. UFC Vegas 57. Join. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's it. Share this. Boom, boom, boom. All right, kids. We'll let you pile in. Of course, the Protecting Act podcast here will be breaking down UFC Vegas 57 shortly. One last tweet. We'll be on. We'll let everybody come in as they are. Um, someone who kind of shows up late for things sometimes, or just at the nick of time for practice, I'm not going to judge you. Uh, hopefully you go easy on me. All right. Tweets out and what's up everybody. I see Mark fellows, reggae, Joe, Chris London, Zach Acker. What's going on everybody. Pascal Rochon. I apologize if I brutalized all of those, especially the last one from my guy, Pascal there. Uh, but it's good to, uh, it's good to see you guys. All right. I just also uh, placed some bets because I'm a degenerate and like two of the two of the fights I'm looking to bet. I just need to watch like a couple more things. But the computer went haywire. But I did lay some props. I'm like, uh, we'll bring that back that Bruce Willis, uh, you know, with the machine gun and die Hard. Welcome to the party, pal, because I, I feel like round sprinkling has been the game. I know I've been coming up uh, short these these last uh, week or two. But um, actually, no, the week before last, I, I hit and it saved our night. But, you know, it's a losing week. So, you know, we're only good as our last performance. Right. That's the name of this game. So um yeah I'm uh, spoiler alert there's probably going to be a lot of round firing uh not all the official fires have gone off but I will post them at Dan Tom MMA but I'm going to give you all my analysis here. All right, thanks for joining the YouTube. Uh big thanks to uh, my guy Tim Spire at Tim Spire. Uh Tim B, Tim from Bloody Elbow. Uh man behind the scenes, a man of many talents. Uh a fellow Tourette like myself, uh just a fellow good dude, a really a really good person in this space. Um another good Canadian. I add that to the list. Uh, he, he, is, he, is, he is my neighbor up north. Uh, just out of the goodness of his own heart was just trying to give me a push. and I know a lot of you guys um have given me encouragements as well, uh, which I appreciate. Um, but uh, I'm not really good with the promotion thing and like social media stuff. so he he did the hashtag hashtag dan get Dan Tom to ten k one k. we'll we'll get to ten k eventually, but one k is fine. And you guys did. Thank you um, to monetize. I still need some viewing hours. So um, no monetization yet, but that is like huge, huge, huge. And uh, the, the, the monetization is within reach. So if you guys want to h- help me reach those hours, not just watching these shows, liking, sharing and subscribing. But as a thread that I believe is still pinned, not sure how much longer uh, is still pinned uh, as far as my promises for the one K, which I will fulfill and not bore you guys with here. But I linked just a couple uh, of, of the top five, there's a lot of fun top fives. If you're looking for some kind of evergreen content, we're gonna be talking about Musasi. So maybe it's apropos you go check out. And this is a video one too. Shout out to Agent Ben Ten from the Fight Site. Um, we did top five thick fighters, so that was that was that was fun. Yeah, Wait, well, Musasi for later though. Page know that Gabe Killian in the house. What's up, Gabe? Uh, Daz files. Uh, cross streams probability is that a a ghostbusters reference hopefully uh hopefully everything's coming in okay but yeah um does watching old videos help monetize simple man yeah you must have been asking asking that right before we were on the same uh same track there i guess i kind of just answered that question that you put in but yeah watching old videos does just it's just viewing hours is what it counts as so i mean i was gonna watch old breakdowns that's boring i'm surprised you guys are watching this and i thank you but yeah, like there's like top five stuff and there's like random stuff like uh, for the UFC Origins doc. If you were a fan of the Bruce Lee, like water doc, uh, I interviewed the um, the directors to those. Um, if you catch catching up late on the last dance, me and my man uh, from uh, MMA junkie, uh, Matt Wells, uh, we recap that series because we're big Chicago Bulls fans from the 90s. So there's some random shit on here. Nothing crazy. But, you know, you guys can uh, kill some time if you're bored. So, all right, uh, hey Liam, picks fights, my man. What's going on? Another another good dude from the gambling community. Definitely uh, check him out. I got a lot of shouts here, but uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get those after the UFC Austin recap. Um, it's good news, but it's bad news there, right? We did did terrible, and you know I know a lot of people did terrible with this or that. But I want people to do good, and it, maybe our egos, are like you know, well, like wow. Well, I wasn't the only one who did bad, right? Like, sure, there's that. But, like, I want people to do good. And if you did good and you got out of that gunfight down in UFC, I can't do that anymore. I used to always write that, like, can't bring a gun. uh, You can't bring a fight card to Texas without having a gunfight. I'm like, not really appropriate to say that anymore, Dan. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, Not trying to be, uh, not trying to trigger anything like that. But, damn it. Stay on target. All right. (laughs) not let, 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 let myself trip myself up but yeah it uh if you manage to get out of that one you know if you were, ma- if you manage to protect your neck there we go look at that podcast grappling no one had to die uh yeah if you manage to protect your neck out of that one good for you <laughs> i didn't we went five and eight in overall oh and one one and props and oh five and one didn't hit anything with our six shooter uh but we're bringing a machine gun this time for the round flyers right so um that that that's how we did more importantly let's break down the action uh we ate shit um luke longley is the nba goat oh my god that guy man sometimes yeah i think he had too much fosters in like the 95 in orlando i love i love luke i love me some luke longley would love to get drunk with that dude uh but at the same time man i i just remember that that biff where he had the wide open dunk and he just turns and he banks it off the board and i was like oh and you guys know i'm a big shack fan uh, uh so and that that, that shack fandom being sarcastic there. Started way back then when he was over on, on, on the Eastern conference over with Orlando Magic. Did love me some Anthony Hardaway. You guys remember those Nike's? Those were some sick ones. All right. I'm not enough 90s basketball. You guys distracted me in the chat. You guys know Dan Tom. You know his 90s stuff. C- can't resist. Um, but yeah, back to the uh back to the let me get to the bad news, guys. Let me get to the bad news. No, I, I will get to the chat as best I can. At least that I'm on here and not on my Ecamm. Um it's uh, you know. It's easier to, to, to monitor the chat this way. What the fuck was I looking at? So this is why you don't get punched in the head. This is why, you know, Dan Tomlin gets distracted because he's been punched in the head. Uh, the fuck was I looking for? Oh, yeah, results, because I, I clearly have those pulled up. Um, as I pull those up, if you guys are a 90s basketball fans, uh, you know, forgive me, you know, join in. If not, you know, forgive me. I will wax me some 90s basketball. UFC Austin results. Look how prepared I am. Wow. Even at least the audio podcast, I do this. I'm all I'm all thrown off. It's like it's something new, and um, you know, no one cares, and no, nor should they. It's a, it's bullshit excuses. That's results for one fight. Uh, give me the whole results, people. Give me the whole results. Uh, da, da, da 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 How about we'll go UFC on ESPN? I'm getting like Derek Lewis versus uh, Yancey Medeiros versus Donald Cerrone. Oh yeah, that's that's the results I wanted. Thirty-seven in a row. Knows what that reference was in the chat. You will get five imaginary points, 37 in a row. he's my old band, we actually audio sampled that um, as I am running out of uh, things to tell you guys here. All right. Dun, dun, dun. Let's see if we get this here. Wow. Of course, like the one time where it's like not wanting to come up. It's like I've got a live audience. It's like, oh, it's okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Danny, here we go. Nope. Nope. This is old man tries to find results. Josh Emmett defeated Calvin Cater. A lot of talk on this one, guys. Um, Pretty much, uh, you know, I did give a tweet. He's like, no robbery, relax, blah, 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 blah. That was me kind of just getting ahead of the talk because it's just like we we get it every week, right? And um, that was before I saw round four was scored for Josh Emmett, Chris Lee scorecard. Obviously, I did not agree with that, but I will say I did not go and rewatch it. So um, even though I could probably still confidently speak to that round, um, I went with the uh, my live score was a cater to four and five. But even though the point everybody's making as far as like uh, Josh Emmett um, cater was was high showing a lot of his shots, a lot of you. Uh, we're keen in catching that live Shouts to my guy, Braz Chuck. And a lot of you uh, were keen and just, you know, uh, talking about that or tweeting that with your results. And uh, someone asked me today, uh, what, what I thought of that. Uh, my guy, Oscar Willis shout to Oscar Willis from the Mac life. He's doing the train Alta program with me. Kenny, uh, whose birthday is today and shouts to Amy Kaplan recovering from COVID, but she's been killing it too. Um, but yeah, he, he, he asked me, he's like, what, what do you think of that? I'm like, dude, I've been shouting about this since like, you guys know uh, listeners of this podcast. I was like, that's something I've been shouting about as far as, like, remember, like, just because it sounds loud and looks hot, hard, um, that doesn't mean it's cleanly landing. Uh, that being said, Josh Emmett, even though he forgot about it in the later rounds, which, again, it, it does matter. Maybe it could have given more of a shot in those rounds, but, again, scored those with the majority of y'all for Cater anyways. Um, he was hitting the body early in the fight, so at the same time, I would also be a hypocrite if I ignored um, – and even though that probably wasn't it uh, I forget what someone was telling me but um I'm still gonna give the the benefit of the doubt to the judges that I'm gonna assume a lot of times you know again I'm, I'm not coming at the judges but just by following these things for a minute now um and I'm not like a database form like like actual record um to pump their chest out on that that I can't do that uh Scott Fontana can follow him on Twitter great follow for all all things uh judging just great interviews and, and media guy too in the space, but especially for the judging stuff. But um, but yeah, if I'm going to assume that, right? Well, then I got to be willing to go the other way, uh, lest me not be a hypocrite. So I, 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 get, I still give the judges the benefit of the doubt for the 48-47, uh, which is kind of that two-sided argument um, you've seen. Um, speaking of Scott, I think he called it alternate decision. You can call it what you like, but uh, I think roughly we're all on the same page there, right? I definitely feel for Cater, but you know, you look at, you look at Emmett and, uh, who again is a guy like, you know, I know me and Phil McKenzie, especially have taken our shots at, but like you you listen to this guy's backstory, shout out to his interview on Fitz nation. And, uh, it's hard not to like the guy. So, um, yeah, and, uh, not too upset about it, but I get that he's probably tying in a lot of parlays. That's probably the reason, even though I picked him and played him, Um, I just kept it at those round props. And there was a point in round three where like, he, he fainted him out the exact way I thought. And I can't remember if he didn't throw the right hand or, or through it and kind of just, just missed, but you can almost see it in cater's face. Like he had the same reaction to me. Like, it's like, like, like oh, I had him there. I had that. Um, but you know, that, that's a game of inches, right? So the next result, um, cause I'm so prepared here. Uh, we got, uh, Kevin Holland defeated Tim means, uh, it, it was sparked off by a right hand. um, Sharp people betting that, uh, uh, Holland submission. Anybody who bet that Holland sub, pat yourself on the back. Um, of course, I sprinkled a little means decision, it was one of those rare two sided things. If it, if, it, if it got there, if we got a weird Holland performance, um, picking up maybe Tim Means would be there to pick up the pieces at plus 520 bucks. I'd ever want to see again, I'm not going to see again, but hopefully we see Tim Means again because he's he's one of my favorites, man. Uh, just, just wasn't you know, uh, you know, uh the, the, the length, speed, uh, precision of Holland, you know, uh, I, I want to see him in more fights. Uh, I don't know. We'll see, we'll, we'll, see if we can get him some bigger fights and some fun fights. Good for Holland. Uh, I like Holland too, obviously. Um, next fight, uh, Joaquin Buckley defeated, uh, Albert Durayev. Uh, yeah, man, Mike Pyle, uh, Mike Pyle and, uh, Matt Brown, right? Mike Pyle and Matt Brown. Uh, I picked Durayev, you know, no, no shame there. Wrong pick. I was wrong here, but I, 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 and not to be revisiting his history, but I did say, uh, did say this little story of uh, you know, of, of, of you know, of another guy that, that supposedly you know was you know, which dominated a lot of guys. Not supposedly he did. It was Mike Pyle, right? But um, sometimes it's different when you get in there. And I'm not saying Durayev is Mike Pyle, and I'm not trying to uh, reinforce a, a stereotype. One of my favorite fighters, who who you know, I was lucky enough to even work with just a little bit back in the day. Um, so believe me, no, no, no shade there, but, uh, it definitely smacked of it. Right. And, and, and yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was a good stoppage. It could have been stopped sooner from what I, from what I saw. Um, and, and that's the thing that, that, that's why I'm also generally weary. I I do generally keep the same energy. I'm very uh, hesitant when it comes to fighters, of former training partners, you know, because I know how it is to train with somebody and sometimes just some guys that, um Have your number that shouldn't. There's some guys that you do well against that maybe like is surprising. There are some guys you just respect, and you don't want to hurt them. And not I mean you don't want to hurt them, but like you can't even let your style fully come out because there's this insecurity. You guys, oh, I want to throw. Oh, they they know I'm going to throw that, and then that other person is kind of doing the same thing. um There's the, I've, I've been there in a lot of cases. Uh, I've had cases where I've had guys train with me and uh, um. Uh, fight on the same card as me. Uh, shout out to Chris Diles, like a, a, a dad now killing. Good, good on that dude. Uh, uh, old Extreme Couture teammate of mine. And uh, I you know, went to like fight cards together and whatnot. And it wasn't until, like after we fought together and stuff. I remember we were grappling one day and he went to my coach and I just heard this secondhand. And, and it was by one of the the, uh, the few and and, and and I guess better compliments um, I got, which was just like, a, I, guess Chris, I, I guess he was surprised. Like, ah, Dan's actually not pretty, not bad. And uh, my coach is like, yeah, he knows what he's doing when he believes in himself, you know? And sometimes you've got, you know, people like me that are like a head case where it's like, you know, uh, you're not always going to get that, that best person. And you might be training with someone for a minute and you, you know, a year even, and you might not see that version of them. So it's just so weird. There's so many different scenarios that I could go on for days with and I'll, I'll, I'll stop it there, thankfully. But like, uh, but yeah, it's just always weary. So a former training partners, is weird weird. Is, kind of a weird thing right um burns and burns and usman you know i i think i picked it right but i mean i just felt ah, weird about the whole the whole the whole thing so um my best age public prediction ever call big mouth uh i think yeah yeah liam picks fights you got that for plus 900 yep man i i i, I props to you and props to anybody who, who hit that one um and props to uh buckley there to tie up that fight um good on him man and again another reason why you can't really like trust interviews because like i'm the last person that's gonna be like "Ooh, this person's in his head or much less he's scared you know what i'm saying and like the, of course there, there, there's a certain amount of fear that goes into this right um teach their own i'll I, i'll let the spiders speak for it i won't speak for them on that front but uh but what i was saying as far as like really negative body language and i'm I'm the last person to do that and i was like "Ooh, i kind of saw that but again look he goes out there and and did his business so that's why I always say uh, the grain of salt with the fighter interviews. Demir's Magulov defeated Guram Uh Tataladze, a split decision. I should have. I should have listened to my own words here, folks. I should have listened to my own words. Um, I was waiting. You know, I, I I was tempted, but I you know I said it was going to be a close fight. Um, I was going to go uh, Guram Tataladze to be the more damaging fighter, which I believe he was. Um, it, you know, you could even argue it still. Uh, if you don't discount what was a legal knee that Herb Dean got, you know, got himself involved in, uh, of all times Herb Dean wants to get involved with fighter safety, right? You're like, geez, Herb, uh, <laughs> you let, you let whole Weidman get beat to a pulp with a dead body with you standing right there. But, uh, we see one flash knee in transition. Um, you know, stop the presses. We got to make sure these guys are okay. Guy took a knee to a body, which of course body's brutal, but, uh, Yeah. Um, that th- that sucked, man. That being said, it's hard to get mad because Demir's Magulov does so much cool shit if you're like, a technical like, nerd like myself. Uh, clearly, uh, nerd, but like, no, I you know, as far as jabbing, uh, the head movement encounters, um, he even hit a really good knee in round two, which is why I gave it to him. Uh, and if you miss that knee, maybe like, because I, I, I saw somebody like, I didn't, I disagree with the 3027 2 I think Kutatolate had it fairly clear from what I remember round one and if there was an argument for 3027 anybody it's kutata ladze cuz round 2 was close i still gave it to ismagulov because he hits a really impactful knee right not just his jabs um but uh but uh if you miss that then that could easily went to kutata ladze and then i think 3 even if you discount what was a legal knee you still have it but again what i always say with um you know close controversial decisions or whatever if a lot of the times if the fighter you think should have won didn't win it, they probably went to the body more than the other fighter they probably went to the legs more than the other fighter. They probably showed damage, even if they weren't very damaged. Something else I called, Kutatalatsi came into the fight with already on his big schnogging, and he was going against a jabber. I mean, that thing was guaranteed to bleed anyways, right? Even if it was healthy, and he went in with it already clipped. It was ready to go. Um, and, of course, you know, and uh, I'll ask judges of this, but, like, I don't expect judges to be, like, you know, to notice those minute details or whatever at the same time. But that at the same time, that's also why I say don't ignore bruising especially. Uh, And don't ignore blood. However, I I say tentatively before you just lean the steering wheel over correctly with it, you know, maybe try to go somewhere in the middle, have some rationale, Um, credit it, credit the bruising in the blood more when you notice it immediately impact off a strike because A, that kind of clears the criteria of technical nerds of clean lands like myself and still stays in line with the actual criteria of rewarding immediate over cumulative, correct? Um, whereas cumulative, whether it's body or otherwise jabs and stuff, typically not rewarded very fairly, uh, or enough, you could say, whereas, you know, uh, other things like blood and power shots much more, uh, but it's like, well, uh, cumulative, you know, anyways, I don't want to go on this tangent again, but the point is, um, you know, I, I didn't weigh that blood too heavily. So if you do, and it, if you aid, do weigh blood heavily and beat didn't realize he came in with an already compromised nose. Then I could see how, even if you're not like a, a, someone who gives a jab credit, which I'm glad people were giving jab credit in this case. Like I'd be a hypocrite to be upset about it. Uh, I had friends with cash is decision tickets happy for them. Uh But man, it would have been nice to add something, go something, go my uh, something, go my way um, because uh, I was tempted to play this and Yanez round one KO. And I hate being that guy like, Oh, I was going to play and I didn't play it. And I don't, you know, but uh, I legit had that thought because I'm like, you know, I know I said, you know, what I said on the breakdown, but Tony Kelly had a bad weight cut. Look at the trend of how tonight's going. I'm like, yeah, good could see Giannis have some early success here. And I'm like, ah, don't do it, Dan. You just said it's going to be a close fight on the podcast. Don't go out and bet the dude to win in round one after you said it's going to be a close decision. So I passed and then that hit. And then I was like, Ooh, and then, and then the Marquez, which we'll get to in, uh, next in a second here, um, uh he went down so i was like oh and we didn't win anything so i was like oh and then uh yeah uh so i was like let's fuck it. let's let, let's ride with Guron baby can't all be bad i gotta get some of these close ones right no no nope there's been some there's been some fucking crazy bad call flashbacks too man like uh i missed it i think it was like nunez round two we had the uh we had the uh saint denis we had uh the dacus where you know Big Dan uh, makes the decision, you know, it uh, looks like he was going to he looks like he was going to uh, uh, jack me like he did with uh, Weidman and Musasi, Right. And this time he actually is going to make the right call. But who, who but Herb Dean calls him on the side and says, oh, Dan, right, right. As he's walking up after he already makes the decision to let it play. And Herb Dean, even though he wasn't in charge of the fight, uh, you can see on video he influenced that outcome. So it did sting. Dif- it did sting a little bit. Extra, you know, the fact that it was just like, you know, we're seeing classic Herb Dean letting dudes, letting dudes, uh, letting dudes just die in there. And we're like, this is when he's going to involve himself in the fight. Of course, I've got a bet. And of course, uh, you know, um, he would have gotten top position. Demir's Magulov, we're going by body language and who looked more closer, who looked more panicked and hurt. Is Magulov at multiple points, not majorly, but multiple points? He had him on the back foot panicking, looked like he had him hurt, uh, would have ended the round on top, but instead, they, uh, stand back neutral and Ismagulov actually gets the best at the end of that round he lands two really hard shots which are going to stick in the mind with the judges so didn't surprise me it just just sucked it just sucked to always be on the 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 other end of these and then and, and to call it to call it exact i called it exactly how it was going to happen the guy i pick's probably going to win for this that and the other but we'll probably uh lose because people are going to outweigh this which is a common theme that i always point and I hate being right on these common themes. Like, can I be right on bets and not right on, like, analysis? Like, I know I love analysis and that's my thing, but I do kind of want to be right on bets, you know? It would definitely help the wallet more. Uh, so, anyways, but, yeah. Um, Julian Marquez defeated by Hobo Cop, baby. HoboCop going town to town, racially profiling people in trouble. Uh, <laughs> this time it was Julian Marquez, the Cuban Missile Crisis, that was in trouble. Uh, was not able to get a missile off and, uh, my guy Marquez, uh, went down Man, I hope he comes back. Okay. Um, big, you know, you know, me, I'm a big fan of Marquez, uh, uh still love him after this. I'm, I'm not like, uh, that guy, Tyler who's, uh, you know, going to be all sour with a pro fighter, you know, with all these guys are gambling on the line, how much they lost. Like, how much did you bet, buddy? Come on. Like even, I'm, I'm only betting 20 bucks over here on these little fucking flyers. Come on now. Um, but yeah, hobo cop, baby. Told you he's packing heat, folks. And, wow. Well. Uh, Adrian Yanis defeated Tony Kelly. Again, uh, gave you guys a setup there. Kind of tied that into the D- D- Demir. And we go down to um, Flyweight. Uh, I didn't watch too much of this one. Um, I don't know if I was uh, walking the dogs like my guy Brad's check there. But uh, Natalia Silva defeated uh, Jasmine Uh This felt very classic. You just have an overinflated. Uh, you know, which happens whether it's odds or hype or perception or both, uh, and it's nothing against the ladies, but it's limited sample sizes of the lady divisions. Right. Um, so got love for the ladies, no, no hate there, but it just, it is what it is. I also got to be, got to be real with it. Right. And I already see people going to make the same mistake, which I hope you get a big, maybe we get a big line on, uh, Natalia Silva next time out. Cause I suspect they will now overcorrect the steering wheel and, uh, you know, um, just you know the hype's rolling on her so we'll we'll see where it goes but uh i'd be careful just on, on investing in these spots because i've been burned too folks i'm not above it you know speaking from experience here so if you got burned on that one i'm not trying to make you feel worse about it jeremiah was a bullfrog and he defeated a good friend of mine we had her dean and a gritty mcgee but boy, could we not get it to overtime? Wow, the over miss. That was pretty good. The over miss here, folks, real bad. I was like, I was like, all right, all right. Someone was just like, uh, you know, I forget. I don't know if it was Aaron or someone else. And and I had a lot of friends on well, so I was happy for people that got the well side here. I just wish he would have maybe not nuked him so early. Uh, because even people on the well side that were, were like, you know what? Having an over and a court McGee fight is never bad, you know? So even though I didn't pick on their side uh, and my play was in the middle, You know, uh, and when I ran that play by, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's an over. And then I see Herb Dean's in the cage. I'm like, Herb Dean will let people die. All this, this is, I mean, if there's any time to be happy to see Herb Dean, right? It's like when you bet the over. No, Dan bet the over, though. (laughs) Which means we get just dude taking it out of Herb Dean's hands. Or when it is in Herb Dean's hands, he does in, in, you know, uncharacteristic stuff. So, um. And I'm not trying to do the Saudi Amato thing and and, and go at Herb Dean. Her, I met Herb Dean in person. He, he seems like the, uh, such a nice dude. I I, I I was a fan of Herb Dean, you know, uh, w- back when I was a fan of the sport in the golden age, man. Uh, got nothing but love for the guy. But at the same time, uh, A, I got to be critical in my job. And B, um, not only have I not seen, you know, uh, the criticism, uh, maybe not handled the best by Herbie, the, the the man's went out there and made videos defending, like, some terrible stoppages and i've done two top five fights that should have been stopped sooner i've done two editions of that and i feel like 90 percent of the submissions at least far as the top five but although if you want to look at the, the large pool of honorable mentions he probably takes the large percent of that pie sample size too you guessed it herb dean so just gonna leave it at that not trying to pile on herb but you know it is what it is. I thought that was more funny. I'm not giving Herb shit. Obviously, he's like, it's not my fault, Dan, that Court McGee died. You're gonna blame that on me too. It's like, he's like, 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 Herb, it's like Herb Dean's like freaking Kevin Spacey from Seven. You know, it's a dead dog. I didn't do that. <laughs> Sorry. All right, we got Ricardo Ra- uh, Ramos defeated Danny Chavez. Uh, send him to time traveling, man. Hope Danny Chavez is okay. Um. At his age, though, I'm not sure if we'll see him in the octagon again. Uh, Ramos, good on him, man. Uh, still curious to see where he goes. I don't want to get uh, overhyped, but there was some justification to said early hype, right? So let's see where he goes. He's in a much better weight class. Let's see if this helps his durability at 145. Maria Oliveira uh, defeated Gloria de Paula. I-, I did not watch this fight, so I have no scoring intention. It sounded like um, trash volume kind of fooled out people and the value was on the dog um geez. i forget which spot it was i was just thinking about that well we'll get to it when we talk about um when i blind but because i feel like i've been missing out on a lot of these spots like this where it's just like it was just whether i picked the dog or i picked the favorite but especially when i picked the dog and i didn't pick the dog this time granted but that dog will cash like, why don't i just throw a ducket on that That would have saved my night or like these little things right and i'll see a lot of people do that and then they end up in the positive I'm Like, see why don't i do that why don't i be smart like these people and then when I do, when it's like some stupid line that's overinflated, we'll get to a you know, um uh Teflon Don versus um or whatever. Um, I start looking like a genius for doing that until like, you know, gaslight heavyweights in the third round, you know, not only do they have a high percentage to win, but by flying me, can. The beats folks these are the beats um cody stamen defeated uh eddie wineland uh sad to see for eddie wineland good for cody stamen uh big fan of cody stamen especially just you know all the diverse uh diversity adversity he's had to go through not just you know professionally if you look on the the old sure dog record topology record wiki record whatever um but you know outside losing family members moving uh, changing your life around all these big things man um happy for him phil haas defeated darren Wynn. shouts to darren Wynn, man for doing that commentary of his own it definitely made me like him even more uh fucking team teddy bear baby uh unfortunately it was not a good night for team teddy bear there uh phil haas kind of went to town uh he secured the leg of the parlay no problem um so the night started out good and like you know uh yeah we would have just needed that over and we would have been fine but uh it uh camera turned upside down like the like the like the like the uh like the middle of the movie blow and you just things start going downhill folks uh <laughs> roman deletes and it started downhill for a lot of people too because uh kyle Dukakis who i was like decided i'm like one of these two are gonna shit sh- shit in the in the parlay and um i picked that part of it right but the second part of it wrong so can't bump my chairs nor would i but yeah uh i avoided kyle dukakis even though i like Dukakis. Uh, but the leads man, uh, I, I forgot too, that I guess you, you know, you know, for, you know, well, they're both bigger dudes. So, I mean, I can't say it was that big of an overlooking thing. It's just the lead doesn't have a reliable process, right? Even when he has really smart corner men who are telling him the right stuff, you know, he's kind of a wild man in there again, folks. Um, so I say, you know, you, 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 you can criticize the corner men or don't criticize them too hard either way with it because you know it's up to the fighters what they want to do in there at the end of the day. And uh moment leads, I did some good things, nice knee. And, uh, I didn't see the previous foul. I don't know how much, you know, um, Dukakis was uh, compromised, but, uh, like the other Dukakis, he lost when it counted, I guess. Right. Ah, too bad. I hope Kyle bounced back. I like Kyle as well, by the way. Um, all right. We do want time there. 32, uh, Minitos. Um, yes. Uh, I just want to shout out Anakin and Florian podcasts. I've uh, been loving a lot of the points they've been saying about just judging criteria, uh, conversations they're having. Um, uh, you know, especially with that fighter perspective of of Kenny Florian. Uh, I don't know if you guys are going to believe me. My, my my first favorite fighter, folks, or MMA fighter. Uh, well, maybe not MMA. I don't know if you want to count Ken Shamrock back in like the Golden Era days. Uh, if you don't count him, it was Kenny Florian because I was a, uh when I fully committed to the sport there, I was a, I was a tough noob and I was like technical Southpaw, this guy looks like nerdy doesn't like belong there. I'm like this is my guy. This is Dan Tom's guy. Uh, you know, uh and uh yeah, man. Uh just just really like what they're doing Cody Marrow's uh uh, uh, uh awesome uh and I wanna shout out Big Gun Brian Petrie, they betting guy on there. Uh I, I I know when I chat with Ian Parker, who used to do it before, he did a great job. He kills it right now on ESPN with Brett Okamoto. So shouts to Ian Parker, and uh, but shouts to Big Gun Brian Petrie. Um, that guy does, does a killer job on Anakin Florian. Couchside judges, of course, you know I got to shout them. Uh, giving love to the bodywork, like my guy Shawnee Pod over at Severe MMA. Uh, shouts to uh, my guy Dan Mack for always, uh, you know, uh, giving me love and 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 forwarding a kind. Kind kind stuff uh, in the mentions. Uh, I already shouted my guy Tim. I'm probably missing a ton of shouts, but I'll just incorporate it in one. Thank you all, everybody who again got, helped me get to a thousand. Please like this video, share, subscribe. Um, five star ratings and reviews uh, are always nice. Um, I'm making my way through my podcast library actually right now, and giving all the podcasts that I listen to and have given me their time. I'm just just giving them five star ratings and reviews across the board. Not saying you have to do it. I think if you even do it for me, but I think it's just a good thing to pay forward. Hell, don't even do it for me. Just go p- pay it forward right now. Uh for anybody providing you free entertainment. Um, and on that note, we're gonna go uh Bellator 282, Gegard Mousasi. Um, line's kind of going down now that he's talking about the bad uh, weight cut. I think you know, I would expect him to be more near to three to one, but now he's down to minus two twenty-five. Where he uh below where he opened, I believe, because he opened at minus 275, so it's a 50 cent discount if you want to look at it that way. Um, but uh, yeah, this it's, it's the third camp in a row for another wrestler, second one straight, that's 11 and 0, second one straight from American top team. Um, this one not as d- diverse or technical, but a lot stronger uh, as a grappler wrestler, uh, more popping his punchers, uh, for sure, but I don't know how. You know, crazy, scary knockout power that is Johnny Eblen Who I didn't realize is half Korean. Um, I didn't get through some of this card this week because again, I have to split my. I don't go through the whole Bellator card, but you know, doing two in-depths on two different cards, and then a lot of times um, with these Bellator cards, I have to do uh, complete profiles because even though I've been covering Bellator now for the last five years. There's a lot that I didn't watch, folks, and I don't watch most of it live. I mean, there's a lot of UFC that I barely get to live these days, for those of you who watch the show. How much of Bellator, not to put it on that pedestal, as I love Bellator uh, in, in many ways. The people that work there are great. Uh, not that I guess I'm supposed to have that bias or whatever because I'm media, but anytime I work their shows, they just I, I really love the vibe there. Uh, I like Scotty Cokes. Um, uh, I like the fighters. I like the fighters getting paid. So, yeah, I do not I don't mind it. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't I don't watch a lot of it either, right? So I watched absolutely zero Johnny Eblin fights before this. So I had to go through his whole catalog, and that takes time. And even though I've watched guys and been high on guys like Armin Sarukian, and, and you know, I even though I picked Makachev, I was telling you guys, watch out for this kid. It's gonna be a lot closer, and we're gonna remember this kid's name. So he's kind of been my dark horse there. Um and Gamrot from hardcore who follow him, KSW, or if you've just been paying attention, um, You know, watching his UFC fights, obviously I have, but I didn't do a profile on any of these guys because the UFC just sticks. They just bury these really good fighters and foreign and international fighters way below on the prelims. And if they do get their shot, um, it's like these random shots where they have to kill each other. It's the stupidest thing. And the risk is super high um the losses are super big in the big grand scheme of things outside of their own careers for the division's sake of having more contenders because you're having some kill each other off and the propulsion is not that great because it's just in the weekly sludge uh even though you're giving them deserved main event and, and I'm, I'm happy they did that and happy it's five rounds at the same time again it's not like you're, you're pairing them up with like you know at a certain point what was that At a certain point. I was like, just shut the fuck up about Tyson off, pair him up with a Pettis or something, or just stop, you know, stop putting them at minus 700 lines against, you know, dudes that either no one cares about slash. I care about like Demir Hadzevich, you know, who shouldn't, you know, they, 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 he shouldn't be matched up with them. And, um, it's just, I don't get it, man. Whether it's the ones that don't make sense or the good ones that make sense, but still don't make sense for the reason I'm saying it's, I, I hate these, I hate these matches. We'll get there. Anyways. Um, yeah, man, I, I, you know, it's a lot to like about Johnny Eblen, I guess. Uh, you know, a, a real tough, tough kid. Uh, makes high percentage choices, you know. He reminds me of Usman in that sense. That just Everything's super high percentage. So if he starts putting his game together, watch out. Fights, Fighting the more from South likes to punctuate with his left hand. Uh, so guards not going to have, you know, be careful not to get lazy on that. But um, so long as, like, he doesn't surprise him like Moldovsky surprised Bader. Um, maybe not a lot. I mean he was favored to win and and had a lot of hype behind him, but you guys knew where I started. I was on Bader from that. And that was much sweeter than I would have liked. Um, right. And, uh, you know, Hey, that was a close decision that went my way, I guess. But I, I would say they got it right. You know, um, again, keeping that same energy with the criteria trends, but anyways, neither here nor there. Um, that's Johnny Evelyn's kind of best case scenario. When I'm watching this fight, he's just got to make it slow. And he knows that too. Um, but I, I I went with Musasi here. We saw Evelyn. I forget what the guy's name is because it was one of the. Today has a plenty of notable names on his record, and not taking shots at Evelyn here. Um, and the dude looked, you know, athletic, well trained. Um, came from a good camp, I believe, too, as well. Uh, but um, but yeah, uh, th- the dude was able to hurt um, Johnny Evelyn, and and I think I've seen him rocked in maybe one or two of his fights. I don't know how rocked he would say he was if he asked him. Uh he is a fighter. He's a tough one at that. Um, a proud one, an undefeated one. But uh but yeah, I think Musasi can make him realize he can lose and even a strong-willed and strong guy and guy with probably a very bright future. No hate on Johnny Evelyn here. Um, I just his, his probability is not uh, of winning is you know it's high in his mind as it should be. Uh the way I have it, I agree more with the odds, you know, two to one to three to one odds. I thought I had it closer to three to one. Um and now the line's getting tighter. Weight cut is worrisome, but um, especially because I already played Musashi. Uh I played Musasi. Here, I'll pull it up for you because I'm very prepared. I didn't write it down. Um, I played him round one, fi- plus 550, uh, 0.20, 20 bucks to never want to see again, and round two, plus 750, uh, originally the way I broke it down. But if he had a bad weight cut, and w- there is flags on what Musasi's saying, you know, um, uh, you know what I've is, – he is the big <laughs> – See, this is the thing about video guys. I'm mean, like sub- self conscious about like doing uh impressions and shit. uh, and I'll stop and I'll, I'll clean up and I'll, I'll, I'll clean up the chat before I, I uh I move on to UFC here in a second, folks. So be patient with me, be patient. But um, yeah, the way you know the way I look at it, you know, it, you know, especially with those the flags that he's saying, as far as like uh he doesn't like to train as much and he's you know, talk like he's saying it with a shitty grin too. So I, I, mean, I mean, maybe Musashi is trying to fucking whittle down the betting line, he's betting on himself, you know, who knows um and uh yeah i mean it it looked kind of rough i guess in the wake up this morning you know for sure but you know part of me saw a guy who had a rough cut you know part of me saw a guy who was uh responsive and uh you know just packing it where it counts folks let's just say that uh i mean Musasi says it himself what do you i've you know i mean Musasi. i mean that's yeah it's a 24 pound weight cut that's uh that's a lot, man. That's a that's a that's a lot. But at the same time, you know, if you ask him, he's probably just like, you know, what do you expect? I have to fucking cut a lot to make room on the scale. I take uh, fucking ant eater in my pants. <laughs> Sorry, he's like it's like Armenian Kermit the Frog meets Alistair Overing with the Musasi cadence. That's like that's what you're gonna get with my Musasi. So apologies for that. But uh, but yeah, um anyway shout out to agent ben 10 go listen to top five thick fighters for that Musasi for later and you'll, you'll see why you know uh we weren't surprised yet yet you know excited for the for the bout uh anyways um yeah plus 750 round two plus 550 uh those pay out um over a unit apiece, a piece unit and a half if he does it in round two and then i played uh gay guard uh, one unit um by tko because he doesn't really go for subs watch now he's gonna sub them but he usually punches guys out. Um, he's got really good grounded pound as well. Not just like on the feet, obviously. And um, yeah, I don't think he's going to want to be on bottom. Like he's good from front headlock. But I hope he's smart enough to not guillotine and will just, you know, shuck forward. Get behind, get on top, kind of like he does. Um, and uh, between the weight cut and the stylistic matchup, if it goes late, it's bad for Gegard, man. Uh, He's going to want to get out of there. He's just trying to get through his contract. That's why he's taking these fights fast. He's trying to get through them fast too. He says it himself, the proof's in the pudding and they're giving him the same stylistic match more or less uh, each time. Um, So uh, yeah. And with the bad weight cut and the flags, if those are active as, as he says, they are, I'm not ignoring them definitely, but uh, all the more. So he better get it done in round one and round two Um, at my bookie. They don't have any of these round prop. It's funny. It's like, they know what fights every time that I want to target. Like, how is it every time the fights that I want to play round props are the ones that are conveniently missing? Why, bookie? Of course they don't. They're not in my head and plotting against me. I know this, but you know, after a while, it's like maybe they are. No, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, they they definitely don't do it for the Bellator lines for sure. They're not even like putting props up and any, like, most times, to be honest. So that didn't surprise me. Uh, so what I did do over there um, is I just paid uh, 1.25 units, which is less than I exposed myself over. Um, over at my other other book, but uh, I just took the under three and a half at minus one twenty five. Um, you know, it, I don't know how much of it is a hedge for Evelyn because he's going to want to win late, uh, unless Musasi really falls apart trying to go for the finish and with a bad weight cut. Then maybe Evelyn does get a finish there and you still cash, right? Or you know, I miss the round one and two, but Musasi gets it in three or the beginning of round four, um, which is pretty unlikely at that point something's gone wrong if it's gone that long. So, uh, hopefully it just ends either way under, uh, I can collect in at least one house, hopefully both. Right. You know, and we go into UFC Vegas, uh, 57 on a winning note. All right. Uh, all right. Let's see. Let's catch up. Hey, what's up, Clint diehard MMA podcast, chronic combat conversation. I was just talking about my favorite podcast and like, you know, and, and betting people and they're all coming in here now. What's up guys. Um, go check out those uh, those channels tyler speaking of uh chronic combat what's up tyler um demo sub plus 800 wow okay yeah go listen to combat chronic uh chronic conversations if he's teasing that because uh spoiler alert i'm not gonna have a lot for that fight i did tape most of this uh card folks um quickly i had to, I had to crunch i had to crunch this week with everything going on and whatnot uh the program uh which is going good Err. uh but you know uh we gotta, you know, the weights going down. But we gotta get the bank account going up. Okay, that's that's what we gotta do here. Um, all right, da, 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 da. Harlem Bronx, my man, what's up? We got Lerone. Herb Dean is the gold standard. Have some respect for Herb. Shaking my, head. of course, I got Herb Dean as the gold standard here. That's great. Much respect. Much respect. Izzy would out in a super fight nine out of ten times. Hey y'all, that's a pretty good, pretty good Musasi. Thank you. I don't the fucking that the fuck. Uh, I love when Musashi gets his private sequitur as fuck because he just doesn't know what to say and it was And when that goes long and he doesn't have the word, he's like, that fuck. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. All right. Always enjoy the fu- the Musashi. Uh, they could have done Musasi versus Whitaker back a few years ago. That would have been solid. They could have done Whitaker versus Bisping Mark fellows, because I remember locking up, locking in back when I used to bet early. Uh, you know, I remember locking in plus plus one forty on, on, on Bobby Knox cause uh, your boy was on that train before he was champ, baby. Bobby Knox paid some bills over here, baby. Um, Andy G what's going on. All right. 45 minutes in, let's get this party started. Let's get through UFC Vegas 57. Uh, we're gonna start at the top, work our way to the bottom, and we'll recap my picks and plays at the very end, of course, from top to bottom. We've got uh Armin Saryukin versus Mateusz Gamrot. Uh uh Saryukin, minus 285, Gamrot plus 240. I don't think it should be this wide. Um any of the uh any of the uh, uh, value Victorians out there, um, you know, uh, I guess you, maybe you'd be on the Gamrot side. He has more experience in five-round fights. He gets better as fight goes on. He's the more diverse finisher, at least on the floor at the very least, right? Uh, and it's a small cage, which, you know, can favor the grappler. But these guys are both grapplers. These guys both uh, have their winning conditions arguably secured with the wrestling, which is why I went with Saryukian to uh, dictate. Both these guys have gotten better at countering uh gamrot can jab from both stances but most of his counters that he's been improving on is more lateral movement and crosses which is great especially when you give yourself the option of shifting stance whereas sarukian's counters have been more off of like pivots and lead hand and some like slick boxing stuff seems to have been really really functioning and working on his boxing um which i like um you know uh, i think that uh that'll complement and maybe glue his kicks together and maybe get him um, pressuring a little more because both guys, they can pressure, but they can also be subject to fighting off the back foot too much or because they can counter and they have options, um, you know, aside from their massive back pocket option, which is a level changing shot. But you could argue that maybe perhaps they allow their opponents to take the center and initiative too much. And considering that wrestling is their winning condition, you know, uh, these guys are, you know, some of the few that can do it somewhat reliably on the back foot as far as their reactionary doubles. But again, eh, you'd rather be wrestling on the front foot, right? And if you're defending against shots, you'd rather uh, be pressuring uh, as well uh, to, you know, draw out those shots. So again, directionality, it's not an end all be all. Nothing is in this sport, you know, whether we're talking about um, style equations for the actual fighting or criteria on how to adjudicate There's no easy answers, folks. No matter how much we try, it's we got to do the work. We got to generate as painful as it can be sometimes. So, um, I could really see, honestly, as far as those go, the counters though. uh, I could see uh, someone finding some something and exploiting it. Hopefully, if they're smart. But regardless, if uh, you can count on either man to exploit. And kind of find that opening uh and just be uh content with hitting it over and over again, whether it's a body, a leg kick, um, a takedown and ground pressure, top pressure. Um, they gotta find that first. And there's gonna be a feeling out period of sorts. Um, I don't even like the over though, to be honest. I just this is just more of a fact-finding mission for me. I'm gonna take uh, Sarukian. Um who, you know, maybe could get a finish if uh, Gamrock kind of ducks into a, a head kick in knee, uh, you know, Kosh check uh, uh, Thicket style, Aljo, Mirage more relevantly uh, style, or just in general because he does move laterally. And that's, I, I just think kickers do well. We saw that when he fought uh, Guram Kutataladze, um, which was a close fight, amazing fight. I've watched that fight so much now with uh, this past couple of weeks, right? With, 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 with both these guys fighting. Um, such a treat. Um, Guram, man, I hope we get a good line on him because he's been in close fights and I see a lot of people revisioning history this fight, which was a great fight and it was a close fight but uh, you know, not that I would have been mad if they gave it to Gamrot, I felt like Guram justifiably won though and I picked Gamrot, I don't think I played him but I, I, I definitely picked him um, but just shows you the level these guys are at, man, this is, this is a real high level fight, I'm going to go with Sarukian by decision, I think he will be the more impactful striker I like his countering style a little better. I think it'll actually work, uh, you know, um, against Gamrot with his shifting. But Gamrot, at least on paper, so far is the better adjuster. So, you know, it'd be, be real interesting. I don't blame anybody taking a stab on Gamrot, but I got Sarukian. Um, all right. Uh, boom. We got uh next fight. We got Neil Magny plus 370. Wow. Shavkat Rachmanov, um, shout out to Smoogie MMA. He calls him a Kazaku Raba. <laughs> I love that nickname, and especially because this guy is like, you know, he he pulls uh he pulls some some submissions and finishes uh kind of out of his ass. Uh, he's really talented, but it's almost like he knows he's gonna get the finish because he can be content with letting a guy do their stuff, knowing he's gonna be able to punctuate it. And so far, he's punctuated it every single time. But you look at the time. That he gave way to Alex Oliveira. Alex Oliveira, even though he fought at lightweight, he is a strong welterweight. And the clinch is a quiet strength of his. So that part isn't a surprise. But um, I feel like Magny is a much more reliable and active threat in that clinch, right? So if you look at it from that perspective, that's definitely bad. We're in the small cage. So even though it can force action, which can produce some troubling, traumatic, some storms to survive, if you will, for Magni, will also encourage those clenching scenarios. So a definite flag, especially you can't help but think of it more as this line creeps up, right? Um, That being said, um, I went back to watch Magni's fights uh, since not all of them. I think I missed maybe one, but roughly all of them since coming back from the Ponzinibbio knockout. Um, when he had his like two years off too. Right. And, you know, I don't know about age. He's still hoping to have another six to eight years. Um, I don't think he's going to start like falling off or his chin, but the guy has been hurt fairly consistently throughout his career. Um, I think he's 35 now. Um, and, um, he is, you know, when was his last fight? Because, uh, he's been rocked in his last couple of fights and against better finishers. You know, uh, perhaps there could have been something there. The Jeff Neal fight, you know, uh, I don't know if Jeff was in a bad place or had some stuff going on with that one, or if he was still healing from the health issues. Uh, but, you know, Neal just doesn't hit the body and um, or the legs enough. And that's what you got to do to Magni. Rachmaninoff will attack all three levels. He likes him some leg kicks, which is good. Uh sounds like he's got two plans, one for if Magny comes at him, other if it's backfoot Magny, so he's smart and realized that there is those two versions of Magny. Um, If you try to counter Magni, he will come to you, which was smart for Max Griffin when he did in that first round. And uh, it almost worked for Max Griffin, but Max Griffin kind of, you know, at, between fatigue and the intensity of the battle itself, it gets harder to straight, think straight no matter who you are in there, right? Um, it seemed like he kind of got into the war a bit and got away from that more tactical approach that seemed really smart and sharp from him early on, right? Uh, so you got to make Magny come to you. And Magny knows it. if he makes you come to you, he's got things to do. He's like, okay, then he'll he'll come more aggressive. But even outside of that instance, I feel like Magny has been going more aggressive anyways. You see it with his attitude and like talk, talking about marketing himself more and, and doing these things. But like, you also see it in his fight style. Like he's being way more aggressive out there. And I like it. But it's also getting them hurt now. A lot of these fights are in the small cage, and they are fighters who, again, whether it's on the feet, um, they're not, they're not, you know, having their, uh, you know, their full course breakfast out there. They're forgetting to go to the legs and the body, right? Um, you know, they're they just focused on on the one thing, um, or you know, uh, it, 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 fight IQ level of fighter, uh, those things kind of factor in, right? Um, and the one thing about Rachmaninoff is, you know, this could be the vet test for him that, that we see that vet loss, the prospect loss, right? Uh, the person that takes him into the third round, that takes him deep, uh, that puts that high pace. Magni is like that guy kind of, right? Pretty much, right? So should we be that surprised? That being said, the one thing we can say about uh, Rachmaninoff, despite his limited sample size of notable talent, uh, at least to us, there is some deceptive talent over there. In those asian scenes and whatnot right um but uh is that he's a finisher the guy's got crazy finishing instincts you know uh it was like kind of like why i picked holland over over means um despite my heart and you know part of my part of my degenerate wallet being on that mean side was because um holland just has that accuracy man that, that crazy proprioception um and even holland you know, even though he has more of a sample size and and, and more of a stuff we can judge on, and is impressive, more impressive in in that sense, he's not as much of a potent finisher as a rockmanoff right? I don't think I'm crazy in saying that, and the record reflects so. So if you just look at it with Magny, it's like, you know, guys who n- knew what they were good at. It's like it's, you could either break it down like he he beats lower level guys and the higher level guys, top ten guys, um, are especially top five guys are people that could beat him could be reductive and, and still be very somewhat true on that. Right. Um, you can look at it at guys who know their specialties, Maya, um, uh, RDA, although RDA got into the ground with leg kicks, which was the key for his two stoppage losses, right? Lorenz Larkett, Ponzinibbio, um, guys who specialize in punishing fighters against that cage against barriers. And, Rakhmanov doesn't show like Barbosa like leg kicks, but the guy can hit hard. He likes to attack the legs. He will attack the body. He's got accurate strikes coming forward and off the counter. And pretty much even like if you're counting like the M1 weird cages that he fought in all his finishes, whether he is pushing against the cage or the fighter is pushing him again, there's two, co- there's two, there's two sides coin with Alex Oliveira. right? Uh, the fact is that operating space is where he's getting a lot of his kills. Magny's wearing a lot of people out of there after getting hurt. And, you know, especially more and more lately, he's like getting hurt, getting hurt in that first round coming back, but against a guy who could be top five. And even if he's not a future top five, Rachmaninoff gets checked, right? Um, he's a hell of a finisher. Uh, and he's training with uh, high level dudes. This is his second or third camp at Sanford. I know he's not doing his full camps. He's just spending like the last half, three to six weeks or whatever but it's still decent, decent time. And, and it's not like the first time or like he just stopped there for a week or whatnot. Um, this guy gets, gets his training in. So I actually, I'm going to pick rock here. Um, the price I hate, I don't blame anybody for playing Magni, uh, before when rock was still like in the minus, like low minus three hundreds, what I did play, um, no parlay or anything like that. Again, we're firing rounds, baby. Um, I'm going to play probably rounds one and round two in my bookie, whenever they pop up. Uh, but, Um, bet online offers those combo ones and their round lines subsequently are kind of crap to the point where their combo ones even sometimes don't pay as much as like my bookie straight up round props, right? Um, so I comboed it and I actually went with sub. Um, I know Magni can be knocked out and, um, Rachmanoff, um, Rachmanoff, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, has a, crazy power and ground and pound. Like he can stop guys and have guys both standing in on the feet, right? Like that's crazy. But he also has a really good guillotine. Um, Magni has always been takedown heavy. And here's what kind of worries me is his original takedowns are, are going to be great for this fight. Body locks, shuck buys, but something he's been doing in his recent fights. And cause he's cause probably cause he's been working his wrestling and getting better at it to his credit. He's always trying to improve in all areas. Neil Magni is, but he has been shooting more traditional shots. And most guys are pretty smart enough to not bite on the guillotine because they know that the last thing you want to do is grapple with Neil Magny. But at the same time, if you're a guy with long skinny arms and get those finishes and like, he's doing arm and guillotines, which are harder to finish, but like, it's so, he is so long. He can really get that clothesline rule of thumb, the rule of thumb on the arm and guillotine. Um, So you got, if you guys want to mitigate as much as possible, you're, Oh, he he, he, it's locked in right when it's not. um, It's coach Neil Melanson shouts. Uh, for arm and guillotine, there has to be, you have to picture a horizontal line that's got to go to neck to armpit. Neck to armpit horizontal line. If it's too high or mainly, you're going to see it come short. You're going to see it come too low. Um, you're generally not going to see the tap there, right? You got to get it here and, and rock off. He just, he locks it right in. He's got those super wiry arms. And Magny, um, when he is rocked, every time he has been rocked, uh, what does he do every time he's rocked? He sits up, shakes his eyes out, and reshoots and gives his head and most guys are smart enough to not take the head because they don't want to end up in a grapple fest with Magny and they they want to continue to strike with him but Rokmanov um yeah man he, he 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 has some he's he's a bit too lackadaisical. that worries me but when push comes to shove and stuff he's got some athleticism he's got some strong hips despite being kind of wafery looking uh and tall for the division um and yeah he'll have some length parity with Magny maybe that'll maybe that'll mess him up here folks uh, but if he's going to beat Magni, it is going to be in rounds one and round two. So that's what I'm going to play in one house. So hopefully the method won't matter. And uh, maybe I'll add just round one and round two on the house that I did the sub just to have some coverage there. Um, and I'm still, you know, at the end of the day, not even sprinkling or exposing myself a whole unit or having to parlay the guy and shit, you know, for the price that he's at. Because, again, I don't blame anybody for taking Magni. But that's that's kind of what I took here. Oh, by the way, plus 800 only for Rockmanov submission round two plus 600 only for Rockmanoff submission around 120 bucks. I don't want to see again on both those. And I will probably do the same amount for whatever line my bookie gives me for round one and round two um, for that. Uh, if they have it posted Nit, neat. No, they do not. Um, okay. So we're going to go down to the next fight. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Alan Badeau, minus uh, 115, Josh Parisian, minus 105, I love Josh Parisian. He seems like a fan of the hog humor. uh, Always bringing up chaos. Will for a reason. I don't even think those guys trade together, which is extra funny. Maybe they do. That's why he brings it up. But uh, uh, so my heart will be with uh, Josh Parisian, AKA shout out to my guy, Braschuk for the nickname Carbo Parisian, the long lost Parisian brother. Speaking of Armenians, right? Armenians everywhere, baby. We we don't forget about Josh Parisian, Uh, the long lost, you know, Carbo Parisian, right? The, The long lost Parisian brother that was misplaced in the Midwest. I have to survive off of carbs. Uh shouts, brother. Shouts. That being said, I'm actually gonna go with Badeau, as, as as fraudulent and, and bad as his record has been at times, depending on what you're looking at, right, folks? Uh, but uh, but yeah, um the, the thing is is that uh, it's gonna be an ugly fight. Um both guys are deceptively tough, both guys are deceptively scrappy. Um Josh Parisian, if like he wouldn't. You know, so easy to take down. I could say maybe he could have the ground edge in this fight, but the fact that he he could kind of fall over on himself and he'll scramble his ass off for a big guy. You know, that's what I love about Josh. I'm not I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on the guy, but uh, you know, um, I don't know if we can count on a ground advantage coming out here, right? And if you look at Badeau, um, whether you're looking at his social media or his last fight against Parker Porter, which he you know he had an argument there. Uh, no offense to my guy Parker Porter, I was glad he pulled that one out. I think i have having a parlay. Uh, maybe not actually, but I did pick Parker Porter. Um, but uh, yeah, man. Um, but Doe, his boxing has been looking a, a, a bit better, and I think he's essentially already, you know, can come off visually as the more impactful uh, and, and uh, God, he's asthmatic explosive uh or whatever. But you know what I mean. Uh, he, you know, he's he's got some pop to his shot. He really does. And now that he's actually putting some form and boxing and really working on that, and I know. Josh is actually technically 2-0 in a boxer. Credits on his um, it's not the guy can't punch. Obviously, he can punch too. And it goes to the judges. Well, um, Badeau could be the more impactful striker, and then Badeau can also could get some weird finish himself, too, right? So that's always there. So I'm gonna pick Badeau, but I I, I stayed the hell away from this fight. Um, next fight, Tiago Moises, minus 255. Christos Iagos. Uh Iago. Plus two fifteen. Um, man, I I really like what Yagos is saying. He's confident. Um, you know, he did get knocked out his his last fight, but he was in mid camp change. Like he just changed camp, was still moving, barely even got to get adjusted to the team, didn't even really get a full camp, wasn't prepared. Um, you know, now he's really settled in at you know uh 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 Sanford. He, you know he's he's regretting that he didn't go to a big camp. Um, you know, uh Earlier in his career, he said he had to get through the growing pains, which is good. You know, if, if it's true to him that he got through those growing pains and not no longer being the big, big fish in the small pond anymore. Um, underrated grappling, uh, even though he wrestled wrestle at a high school level, the guy can wrestle. Um, we'll have the wrestling advantage here for as long as his gas tank is high, right? Um, his striking is, is, uh, is, is you know uh, only getting better he's always had some pop he's always had a good left hand which is really key whether it's his left hook or he'll shift and he'll have a really have a really good left cross from southpaw too and that's apropos because as i said when i'm breaking down the bobby green fights even looking back at like tiago Moises's fights like with like like southpaws like robert Watley, uh orthodox or southpaw left hands are the common culprit for Moises. so I was like, "Ooh, yeah!" But then when I went back to watch Yagos' fights, he only's been stopped twice in his, you know, in his whole career. He's fought a minute, and those were spaced out, right? And then he had the kind of, uh, even though sorry, sorry, Yukin's a badass as well. Plus, his personal stuff on the other side of it. You look at the average mean there. You're like, okay, maybe it's not as bad as it looks. When you go back and watch the footage, the dude's getting rocked every fight, right? Some of those submission losses too probably got rocked and, and put into those. You know, it wasn't just. Josh Emmett's uh, Duke Nukem power, right? Um, and it wasn't just Armin Sarukian, right? Um, catching him on uh, at the perfect timing, right? Um, the dude actually gets hurt a lot, and when he doesn't get, whether he gets hurt or doesn't get hurt, whether he wins or loses, um, he puts so much energy that he does tend to tend to get tired, um, which is why a lot of his opponents have accused him of the of or tried to get him to go go later, right? Because the guy's a really intense dude. Um, so. You know, you look at it, I just feel like, uh, I don't know, like right hands, looking at like Tiago Moises' counter right hands. Um, I feel like, you know, if it goes to the decision, Moises will be the fresher guy. And it'll be like one of those things where that's happened to plenty of Yagos rounds, Drakkar Close and other fighters where he's doing surprisingly well as an underdog and he's winning the round. And then he gets rocked toward the end of the round, or like toward the end of the fight or both or each round. Um And I just see that happening all day here to where even if it goes to the decision, you get another thing where the judges and probably rightfully so in this case, um, will be like Moises is is the more impactful fighter or Moises more likely, uh, will finish this inside the distance with a club and sub. Um, because I think that Yagos is going to bring out the best in Moises between that and the small cage and the noise having to deal with like, you know, a size bully, crazy, uh, size length advantage with Yoel Alvarez, um, yeah, like if, if uh, I, I'm picking Moises and I'm probably going to stay away from this fight, to be honest, because um, I've never been like super high on Moises, as high as the hype has been. And he's on the streak. And, and I kind of made the case for Yagos at the beginning of this breakdown. That being said, I do think Moises will get it done inside the distance and bounce back, but he could play it safe. So that's a little weary. The reason why I'm outlining this and, and talking coded is because uh, I, I feel like if, if there is a play uh, or at least a play that. Would tempt me if I was gonna go for something. It's the plus 160 or whatever that uh, at least I saw in one house that I could get for Moises inside the distance. Maybe that's worth a stab. Um I'll post it if I play it, but like mm, I don't know what round props I had before this, but I gotta be doing really good before this, which uh not counting on. <laughs> Again, folks, even my winning nights, like it's not as good as like your guys' winning nights because I'm I'm conservative and then I, I as far as how I bet and so, like those nights were like, you know, the less painful nights I revisit, like there was a lot of Santos Walker, which was the last card where I went perfect on. Um, you guys were cashing like crazy, and you're like, oh, you tell me you made out, Dan. I'm like, no, because I don't parlay all my picks, even though I should. You know, shouts to the uh, Cody uh, Staff Dicks of the World, uh, CJ there, and uh, Paul Shag as well, Dogger Pass Podcast. Yeah, parlays and big parlays, go to that podcast. Shouts to those dudes there. Um, but yeah. Uh, although I may, I, I, I you know, I, I do my own long shots here. So hey, stay tuned for those. So hey, um, yeah. Nate Manis plus plus seven hundred. Um, Omar. Speaking of Paul Shag, that was great. I, the, the he he wins internet this week. Paul does with the gift because you guys know I love the Wire. You know I love one of TV's greatest characters, Omar. Omar have the Wire, baby umar so uh now that, that's where i if you're wondering why i say it that way it's because that's how i say omar you're wondering if I, why I say omar that way shout out to the film vault podcast anderson cowan baby uh i feel a lot of similarities to that psychopath as well uh omar um but yeah uh, i think Umar's gonna get it done here uh that price is super wide but you know you look at nate uh if you look at like what johnny munoz was able to do and he showed a little bit of better wrestling Fought in wrestlers again, um, you know. He fought before he fought uh, Tony Gravel. but uh, yeah, man. Um, you know, you could look at it. You know, and I like Nate actually a lot. So he comes off as a real cool dude. Speaking of uh, uh, chronic combat conversations, uh, he was on that podcast. Sound like a real cool dude, and his fight style is fun too, man. Uh, fun boxer. He's got that kind of uh, Nate Diaz, Zach Makovsky timing on his one twos, both from Southpaw and Orthodox. Where you know, it's like one, two, but he uh, attaches it and it's like he, he tailcoats the two right behind the one. So that one's like battering ram opening the door and the two's right behind it. So instead of one, two, it's one, two, right? So sorry, stupid. Visual aid there. I'm used to audio doing stuff for you guys. So I'm like, ooh, I can look like an idiot in video for you guys now. Great. That'll be real good. Shout out to Bohachini Depot. He's going to have a field day that I'm doing these. All right. <laughs> uh shouts to that guy though so it's, it's a funny follow there um yeah i'm gonna go with umar by sub because if you know i i think that he can get to him down there that's the you know the, they've been, he's been more of a striker outside the ufc but but you've been hearing almost all of it since, since uh since, since since uh and, and uh, r.i.p all respect obviously to uh abdulman and Badoff, but but since he died now it's every all the fighters it's father's plan father's plan, you know, just like they're telling uh, Adolfo Vieira to calm down, who we'll get to in a second. Uh, So I'll go uh, Nermaga Madoff sub round one. It's just, it's going to be a kind of, you know, maybe, maybe quick and quiet into the night. Um, But uh, yeah, Uh, I don't know what the number is or if it's even worth playing. That's up to you folks. Chris Curtis, action man. I was kind of surprised to see him favored here. Minus one twenty five. Although I don't hate it because I'm going to pick him over Hadolfo Vieira. I didn't even give any foreplay. I just went right to it, huh? Easy, Dan. Uh, Sorry. Plus 105. Hey, we're like an hour in. That's fucking foreplay. Jesus Christ. Um, Yeah, plus 105. Uh, What did this open at? Minus 180. So money's coming in. You take Chris Curtis straight up. Maybe he wins a decision if, uh, you know... Something goes wrong for both of them. Neither of them get the finish, but the judges at the end of the day reward the fresher guy who's not as gassed and who did damage again, keeping that same energy of impact. I hate saying damage because it's it's the same thing as impact, and they have impact in the criteria. And I hate saying both of them to be honest because they're both uh, you know they're both highlighted to be subjective as all hail. Uh, and as you guys kind of saw with that Mike put, put, put pointing out that thing which I appreciated the New Jersey Athletic State Commission doing, by the way. That's why I hate criticizing. It's like, okay, they try to be transparent, they try to help, and then we shit on them. But um, they put out a piece of information that was mainly the 10-8 criteria coupled with, like, kind of a brutalized version that cut out the important parts of effective striking and grappling. And just, uh, in fact, it only highlighted – because even though it says, you know, and I have my gist on, you know, damage and and, and impact being super subjective – Along with cuts, that's what they highlighted most. And even though immediate goes over cumulative, and I get what they mean, and we can have an argument as to what it means, um, you know, I think that sh- I think that door should be left open. I think they should change the rewarding to where, if you know, again, if there's a big shot that clearly landed, clearly hurt him, yes, the door should be open to give that person the round, even if the other person arguably outstruck him for the majority of the round, if they didn't do it super impactfully or hurt him and that person cleanly hits him and obviously hurts him or bruises and cuts them and it's clearly from a strike and not only is it clearly from a strike it was from a hard strike and not just clearly from a strike from a hard strike but a hard strike that hurt him then yes count all that shit five and ten x all that shit steal the fucking round by all means but don't write it in a language like it's absolute and don't talk about it reductively like it's absolute because at, because if we take it at its absolute or just as its own, you know, as is with no nuance, then immediate outweighing cumulative essentially means fuck all cumulative. Now, that's not true nor should it be true, but that's essentially what we end up doing and how I hear a lot of these rounds kind of adjudicated or can only assume how they're adjudicated. So uh, I'm not trying to get sidetracked on another another tangent, but it it kind of highlighted to like, the fact that they edited their own rules and even further highlighted the shit that me and many accused them of overly steering into. Right. Um, They kind of proved my point there. And then it also was a bad look. And I, again, when a when a when a judge like a Demetrio turns on a scorecard, I'm quick to highlight that it's him or a uh, Solis. And, 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 and even though it is going to spread to the other judges or whatever, they're going to get blamed for it too, even though it's unfair. I, tr- I try to do my best to do that. And I would like to do that here as well with Missouli, I believe. But isn't he like the president of ABC? So it's like, you know, anyways. um, Yeah, that, that's just another, another another thing. But uh, anyways, we got Chris Curtis, uh, Adolfo Vieira here. I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. I picked Chris Curtis though. Um, I like his takedown defense. Adolfo Vieira has some good wrestling instincts, you know. Um, he re wrestles on his butt. He'll go to the half guard, the old man style that I love, Damian Maya style, a uh, half guard, single leg getups. But as far as his wrestling goes, he's big, strong, and powerful. Um, his ath- excuse me, his athleticism does translate to his shot. But outside of like a power driving double that I've only seen one of his takedowns really set up with 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 good strikes so far, at least in the last three fights, um, that might not be enough. You know, Curtis will you know, he can scramble and we'll give his back in some scrambles, but Adolfo Vieira is not, you know, game over. You know, it's, it's weird. It's like, whether it's IBJJF or, you know, and then Vieira's actually, you know, he, he's done plenty of Abu Dhabi combat club, ADCC. Uh, that's what that means for the, if you, if you've seen that out there, you're not as familiar with grappling um, and it's no Gi. So, you know, at least on paper, I know a lot of you guys would get upset. You know, I got love for the Gi tube. Don't get me wrong. No, he's more valuable in MMA, not saying that he isn't valuable. I'm not going to have that argument. I'm not qualified to have that argument, but I will toss my hat in and say, it's not a controversial saying no, he's more valuable if you're training MMA, which is why even he lovers will kind of pause it when they train for a fight. Um, But in a lot of those, it's like there's not a cage, there's not a barrier and, and to stand, nor is there people just kind of standing from the ground up because it's difficult. You need the barrier and the cage to kind of work up, right? And if you look at it, whether it's Anthony Hernandez or the times where he's not getting Dustin Stoltzfus, it's like a lot of these times he's getting stymied, it's near the cage because he hasn't had to generally work with that, right? Um, but then, you know, what does he do against Stoltzfus, right? It's near the cage, he's standing, and then he still gets like this super athletic thing when you think he's tired in the third round. So, Grats to Vieira there, but kind of like the commentary is saying, there's just like this look on his face the whole time where he just looks uncomfortable, man. Um And I'm not as confident. He seems like such a nice guy. Like I watched his interview. He said, "How do you not love Adolfo Vier?" He looks like this, like meat, muscly bully guy, and he's not. Like he just seems like the biggest sweetheart. He's got a good sense of humor, good sense of awareness, uh, admitting to uh, admit his weaknesses in and out of the cage. Like, oh, I love, I love a person like that. You kidding me? Um, So it's no shade, or I'm not shitting on the guy by any means, but. I don't know man, I don't know if the the fighting thing is going to be there. You know, I think Andre Muniz is the, the guy I granted have been on a little bias there, but I think he's going to be the guy to uh you know, uh to be the jujitsu guy in this division. And does that mean, you know, does that mean what do you uh, Vieira not going to win this in the small cage? Of course he could. Um but uh now the line tightening, it's like ugh. I don't know how much you really want to play him unless you're playing the sub specifically. I don't know what that number is. Good luck to you. Me, however, I like Chris Curtis. And if he goes to dog money, I'll play him. But what I did already play is, again, we're firing rounds, baby. Um, rounds two and three, could he catch him cold in round one? Chris Curtis says he doesn't want to grapple, so it would be in his best interest. But, uh, wow, I didn't even play him yet because they don't have it uh, available. Let's see if I play the – I'm talking my shit. So let's, uh, let's go here. Let's play it play it live with you guys. Let's see. What can we get with the Curtis to show? All right. Uh I'm going on a bet online here folks. So we'll see. Uh he, he's not going to sub him or go for the sub. He's going to keep punching. So we could juice it up and just go, yeah, cuz you're not getting great numbers. Round 2 KO is only like 475. Round 3 plus 800, um which will go uh, 17 there, and we'll go 20 bucks. we don't want to see again in round two because I might not even play him at all. I may just keep these to round sprinkles. for unit returns, even though it's only 95 ducats for plus 475, close enough to a unit return on that. 17 at plus 800 for round three by KO will get you 136 ducats for 17. So um let me make sure I didn't play this already. Yeah, double-check my, my dyslexic ass. All right, there we go. Yeah, I don't think uh, my bookie's got anything for it. I'm going to refresh again. But conveniently, like the only fights in the UFC they're missing round props for um, are the fights I want to play them in the rounds with, you know. Uh, Okay, maybe maybe more than that. But still, yeah, no, nothing there yet. We'll see. We'll see at my bookie. All right, next fight. uh, Carlos Olberg, baby. Excuse the, we got Olberg, baby. Fantasy Jewish Fight League. Uh, plus one hundred. Teflon Don. Teflon juqui minus Minus one twenty. Um, man, I'm gonna go with Teflon Don here. Um, it's not confident. No plays here. Uh, I know he came short for me last time. I was just talking about the you know third round light gaslight heavyweight flying knee. We know how that always happens, right? Uh. <laughs> Just like the third round, uh, spinning elbow, uh, KO from Molly McCann. Uh, <laughs> he's the... I know, folks. I know. I, I gotta stop beating myself up, but I, it, I'm getting like all these. It's been, it's been brutal. Like, cause you can't play that game. Cause you, there's gonna be, you play this long enough, there should be losing bets almost on every card that you're gonna come across. Crossing of, uh, tape studying and indexing, right? Uh, some bets you're gonna come across, be reminded of. I just feel like I've been being reminded of like the really fucking. Painful ones. Not all bad, right? right? It's not always a bad beat. It's why you lose. Sometimes it's just MMA. It's just the universe, right? That's how it is the most of the time. So I'm just talking about bad in that sense. I'm not, not saying, you know. But yeah, just oh, oh, oof. Oh. All right. Hopefully this means we're, we're, we're in for some, you know, we're in for some uh, positive uh, variance here, hopefully, right? TJ Brown, downtown Brown, minus 200. Uh, Shailan Nerdimbeke. I can pronounce that name surprisingly well, and I can't remember the, how the guy fights. Plus 170 uh, so I won't be biting, uh, I'll pick Brown, I did not tape study this fight, so let's move on, um, Halley and Paiva plus 125, Sergei Morozov minus 40, 145, I'm in the middle of taping this fight, and before my computer crapped out, um, there was two more Holly and Paiva fights I needed to watch before I fully pulled the trigger on this money line, but, uh, between the money line, kind of, uh, it went even, and now, you know, more money's coming on, on, on Marzov, you know, uh, kazakh fighter you know eastern european they see the ov maybe they research further they see he's at att which he's kind of always been for these so that's not nothing new there um perhaps that's it but uh you know uh, perhaps it's me cashing against morozov and i'm i'm I'm, I'm, and, and liking paiva right um but uh yeah this could just be you know um paiva got Deadened, and even though you know, Morazov did his old uh technical submission loss that he tends to do, he goes out on his shield. That guy, you got to give it to him. The fact is, even with his improvements that he showed last time, um, he still really takes a dump for whatever reason, whether it's tank related or he just happens to be hurt. I mean, fights just get sketchy after round one for Morazov, and you got the classic setup here where you have a guy who win or lose is always going to have a bad round one, it seems like, in Hallium Paiva, right? Um so, you know, this is kind of one of those classic setups. And you know where I tend to fall. I usually tend to fall on the builder, the guy that can take an ass kicking out front, uh, who's not athletic as his counterpart or most of his counterparts, but he can he, he can take it out up front and he can really scramble well. Training at, at, at Team Alpha Male, those guys are always in shape. You know, he's getting a lot of good wrestling scrambling because Morozov, he can wrestle and he scrambles like a wrestler, which I love. He does Grammy rolls and all this stuff. But even though something I do myself and love uh, playing turtle, uh, he's not much of a jiu jitsu guy or like an Eduardo Teles turtle guy. Um, so Morozov gives his back a lot, um, as you can see from his losses. So uh, that just seems like, you know, for a guy who I believe now is a Brazilian jiu jitsu black belt, maybe entered as a purple belt going in a brown belt, um, and, you know, training with a lot of wrestlers, already has really good counter wrestling himself, um, good scrambling um and he works the body and will throw kicks in his long so he's going to have the length be the bigger guy although he will be the slower guy which paiva normally is despite being a former flyweight Uh, he will be the slower guy and he will have a bad round one it will look scary maybe you get a better line on paiva um and maybe that's what i'll do maybe i'll just avoid playing him and just keep it to the round props spoiler spoiler um but again this just kind of seems fairly straightforward um if I play the rounds, I don't have to expose a whole unit, even if it is a whole unit of plus money on Paiva. And I like Paiva. We'll see. Maybe I like him even more after I finish the tape study. But from what I've seen, um, is that uh not only the drop-off, but uh Marzov can be hit to that body a bit. And looking at it, he got hit with a a, a hard kick from a, a a hard high kick from a hard kicker in uh Umar and Armaga when they fought, right? But if you look at it, he actually looks like he got hurt to the body in the fight that would actually cause the downfall to that. And he's been hurt to the body and hit to the body um in some of his fights. And a guy who already can be hurt and can already be subject to gas, well, gonna go against a building guy who body punches, like my guy Paiva. Well, I took Paiva at rounds two and three. I don't know how he's going to get it done. And these round props were actually nice. Um even at uh bet online who usually doesn't have as nice like i i could bet round two and still get plus one thousand which i love someone was asking on these long shots is there a certain number as per usual with my style of betting my analysis has to match but yes i I do typically love you know plus one thousands for a long shot that's who doesn't right you only got to put you know 17 ducats uh, you know and uh which i did here and that gets you 170 bucks, uh, and I did that for the plus 1200 for round three. Which, for round three specifically, shout out for the D Love special. Both, uh, both D Love and Master of Love. There's two. They're both both solid dudes out there. Um, but the round three special, baby, the Master of Love special. Uh, I always loved those. It's been a classic Protecting Neck podcast round three plays. I always love the number magic number of 1200, which is what it is here. 17 on both. So Piva round two, Piva round three. All right, let me check out what you guys are saying. Uh anything here. Da, 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 da. First time catching you live, brother. Uh I'm a diehard podcast listener, but I am enjoying this format. Appreciate your breakdown. Oh, thank you for coming over, man. I appreciate Clint too for having me. He has a kick-ass show over there. So uh, I I have gotten compliments like that before, and it, it always uh means the world, and I'm and I'm sure to pass and I always and I'm I am always sure to pass those on to Clint. Uh, cause he deserves those two. Um, <laughs> Mark fellows, I got Kazakhstani accent for, you got a Kazakhstani accent for us. No, I don't want to get killed. Uh, no, I, not that I can't get killed for all the people and things I've made fun of on this program through the years. I, I probably got someone at my door right now, but, uh, no, I, I, don't know. I don't really have, uh, you know, aside from making fun of, uh, Kazakh Jim Norton over there, uh, Jalgas or. for Now, uh, according to Smoogie, shouts to him credit, uh, Kazakuraba. Well, we've got some names, but no no funny things. Shaf got sub at plus 420, sub round one plus 750. Look at those numbers. Everyone's got better books. That's another reason why I don't. I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, especially because I'm not a competitive dude, which is why I I would never be a good fighter. Um, it's like one of those things, like, if you're not competitive, it's like, I know I'm going to lose. I'm just not even going to play. That's why I don't try to, that's why I don't even care to beat the lines anymore. Or get the good lines. Cause I just know I'm not going to get good lines, man. Um, go, go hit up these hardcore, uh, shit eating wild men. And I say that in all the amount of respect, like the Liam fight picks of the world. Uh, I know Clint posts his picks, uh, on Twitter and stuff. And these guys are really transparent and, and show their work, which I love. Um, so go to that for early, I'm just going to be giving you guys my end of week stuff. And with June to October, literally I'm not having a week off between Bellator, which is lighting up their schedule so far, uh, compared to the beginning of the year, UFC and contender series, it's like nonstop. And then I'm doing this program five days a week and maybe we'll, you know, try not to get beat up and fight somebody uh, at the end of it. Yeah, I got, I got a lot on my plate. So I'll be an end of the week guy for y'all, okay? You guys can uh, check your work with me and maybe pick up some new plays. Um, Martha, is Jake Matthews. You just want me to say Jake Matthews. No, Jake Matthews is not on this card. Uh, Jake Matthews. Uh, Piva Sub. Piva Sub round two and three. Oh, oh yeah. God. My guy Die Hard feels me. I mean, you want to talk about an, uh, long shot stuff, man. Um, right there. Speaking of Jake Matthews, that's who I credit uh, 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 Die Hard MMA. again. You, you can get stuff early or even be a guy who gets stuff early, and then you can see something and it can trigger your thought. And I think uh, Clint had like a plus 1100 or some crazy line on Matthews by KO, and he had round two. and I liked the round two, and I liked where he was talking about the KO, even though I technically picked club and sub, I was touting the striking, even though I don't know if any of us expect Matthews to strike to that extent. Uh, but my man Clint called it spot on, and when I saw his play on it, I'm like, I don't know if I'll tail that exact play, but uh. I like his thoughts, and with my analysis, as I said on the Aaron Bronstetter pre-show, uh, I ended up just going rounds one and two. Again, with the same format I'm doing here tonight, I did with Matthews that saved my night that night. Um, and I just played rounds one and two and said, let's not even sweat the method. It ended up working out, so we'll see. I like when I, I like when I see that I'm on the same side as my guy Clint there. All right, next fight. Let's push down. Uh, Cody Durden minus 105, JP Baez minus 115. A lot of competitive line movement, and again, I apologize, I'm not gonna have any accurate information. This was not a fight that was high on my priority list, and it's on the prelims, so uh, I didn't quite get to it. You know, some fights I will snipe out, even if I don't get to finish it by the podcast, like Paiva uh, uh, Morozov. Um, but I'll give you what I got, including in the next one Brian Kelleher plus 140, Mario Bautista plus one, a uh, minus 165. Um, boom, Kelleher. I always like them and, but I always tend to pick against them, but like, I'm not worried about this price going away. Cause people are just piling on Bautista. Now I originally came in thinking Bautista, perhaps Bautista by decision, by finish. If Kelleher's age, which it's due anytime now. athlete. Um, you know, once people get my age, I, I, just, I was like 35, 36 when I was saying this in my head earlier. And I'm like, no, Dan, you're turning 37 in a row. Uh, did anybody get, get, guess that yet? Uh, yeah, I'm turning 37 this year, like that's about the age, you know, where you start seeing. I saw the signs, Frankie signs, right? You might want to start stepping away, you start getting getting murked in there, uh, getting Frankie murdered. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I you know that that could be it for Kellerher here, but uh, there's one more fight I want to go look at for Bautista in his last fight, but from what I recall, he's been getting even more into wrestling. And that's kind of been his safety position. And I don't know if it was because he got knocked out and his kind of confidence got shook because he looks like a guy who's either going in too confident and just fucking gone us, you know? All piss and vinegar, right? Or he's kind of like, I, I kind of got a little bit of that. And again, not hating him. I'm the last guy to, this fighter's scared. I hate that shit. But I'm, I'm, I'm just talking critically here, like, you know, as far as self-doubt goes, right? That, that, that's fair. That's a fair word, right? We all have that. Uh, everyone has to deal with that. Right. Uh, to varying degrees. Um, some may deal with it very easily. A lot of these fighters certainly do. And I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't challenge them, but you know, from an ignorant outsider perspective, that is me. Um, it looked like he was kind of, you know, um, as my guys Ain Simon's and fighters are having a therapy session in there, you know, like they're not just fighting their opponent, they're fighting themselves, which would totally be me, but again, not this thing, like this would totally be me. You know what I'm saying like, find me in therapy sessions in or out of the ring. I should probably be in them out of the ring, you know, or, uh, you know, go back and see one of those, you know, a psychotherapist that is not a, a psychiatrist unless you want the drugs, folks. All right. um But uh, yeah, I don't I don't uh, you know, I, I don't know how good that's going to be um, giving your neck to a guy that can get upset guillotines on black belts like Yuri Alcantara. Right. And then secondly, will you even be able to wrestle even if you get past the guillotine threat? Because Kelleher has been implementing that same safety net of a game plan and wrestling his way to decisions cash for me against domingo and his fight after that the second to last one right they didn't pick him against his his last fight because that was you know we kind of saw what was going to happen there and it played out as my as most predicted right nothing crazy to say about that um but then you also look at you know those hooks and left hands and i know um trevin jones is a southpaw uh, and I believe it was a right hook anyways, granted, but left hooks and right hooks and counter hooks in general. Well, that's been kellerher's main improvement. He's really been sitting down on those too. Um, so I think kellerher has got one last run in him. Um, I'm, this is not one I played any rounds on or have anything like specific there. Maybe after I finish watching the tape, I will, but right now I'm, I'm this close. It's our, it's next on my docket. After this, I'm this close to laying a it, laying, laying a unit on BK, uh, blood killers I remember i used to have those shoes those shoes in the, the 90s like bks what are they called bk knights or whatever before and then I, I we had to stop wearing them or something like oh like uh british knights or whatever like became like some gang thing i remember and like at least in my school they were wow they were doing that overprotective shit way early weren't they man we had some crazy shit that happened at my school though yeah teacher calling a bomb threat oh yeah it was fucking bananas anyways what the fuck am i saying yeah i'm taking uh i'm taking british knights baby uh brian Kelleher. you guys remember british knights or am i just the only old motherfucker who went to school in like the late 80s and 90s and had a pair of those british knights anyone no no all right all right british knights you're old dan all right next fight um last fight um minus 230 jinyu fry Vanessa Demopolis plus 195. Again, like the Maria Oliveira and uh, De, De Paula thing. It's like this, this feels like a dog or pass thing all over it. Um, you know, uh, as far as that goes. But I don't know, man. Uh, I didn't tape study this fight. I will just go with the favorite. But uh, would I play Junior Fry in general? No, much less these odds, much less with the setup. But again, for the exact analysis, I do not want to lead you astray. Instead, I'll, you know, go. I know Clinton does a Monday show. Uh, who he always has great guests for, um, you know, I think you see him in the, in the comment, you see the yellow one, the chronic combat conversation, plenty of good, plenty of good people uh, who I shout all the time. that have shows as well. You go reference. Cause again, I'm, I'm never saying I'm the best. I, I'm the only, should I be the only and don't go anywhere else? Like, no, you get your references and make your own decisions. Don't just listen to me. Don't just listen to anybody, you know, get, get a pool of useful information, uh, you know, from respectable sources. If you consider me a respectable source, you know, prayers to you, but thank you. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Go about it. Hopefully you win some money. How did we do on time folks? Wow. 133. Okay. Not too bad. I was, I was thinking we we're close to the two hour point at this point. So, you know, Jermaine ball, hi Dan. Hi Jermaine. What's up. And then I'm old like you, Dan. I just don't have any sense of fashion. Still don't. That's another reason why I, I love you, Clint, because you know, we're, we're, we're you know, you're at, you're actually dadding it up there, man. So I, I have much respect to you putting that andy g british knights k-swiss you know what's up cross colors carl connie just a few of the brands that wore it up growing up in the 90s that's right what happened to Swiss? Swiss? they lose all their last of their money uh trying to uh, buy uriah favor for sponsorship that uh that uh shifty salesman there uriah favor there he's a he's a slick one okay guys let's see uh takedown stats for Gamrot. yeah he hasn't had anyone shoot meaningful takedowns on him That's another that's another thing we don't really know, uh, because if you go to to fight metric, it says people shot two takedowns on him, but it wasn't. It wasn't two takedowns. Um, Someone catches a kick and punches them back and they count that for a takedown. And then Kutatelatze is getting up and he tripods and he does a wizard kick without even having a wizard, without even having his body uh, above. his upper body uh above the level of uh gamrots, and he just literally wizard kicked a D base and they counted that as a takedown attempt. Like those are his hundred percent takedown defense. So another reason why you should never trust fucking stats. Sorry. Uh Moises left sided shots. We talked about that. Yeah, gave all my shots. All right, got my timestamps. All right. Um recapping. Um, I in one house I took saucy Evelyn. This was before the, the weight talk. Um Fuck it. We're letting it ride one house. I went Musashi uh under three and a half minus one twenty five one point two five units for a one unit return. In the other house, we had Gagard Musashi uh, by TKO plus one twenty five for one unit. And we sprinkled on Musasi round one and round two uh, for twenty bucks a piece round one plus five fifty by KO. I believe round two by KO plus seven fifty may add little sprinkles um, depending on what the round props are. Uh, and my book you made just let it ride with that red flag ish stuff that Moot Sassy was talking. Uh, I also played Shavcat round two and round one. Uh, sub round one, sub plus 600, round two, sub plus 800. Don't have numbers for it round two and one, uh, straight in the other house because they haven't released yet. But I will be playing that just in case he does finish him and it's not by sub. I want to at least collect in one house, maybe even we'll double down and put some smaller round props to cover in the house that i did the submission specials but that's what i got that's what i'm telling you excuse me also took some shots on paiva may still throw a unit on the money line because he can win a decision he mainly wins decisions right but as of right now until i finish my last fight that uh i need, still need to look over um i played him just straight up at round two pl- uh, 17 ducats 0.17 units for uh 170 in return, uh, 1.70 unit in return. Uh, And then plus 1,200 round three, another sprinkle 17 ducats, 0.17 units. Uh, That's a nice uh, just over two-unit return. Chris Curtis, action man. Um, Unless he goes to plus money, I'll play him. Um, But uh, I just played him round two and round three by KO. Plus 475 by KO round two for $20. Uh, for just under a unit return and plus 800 round two KO for 17 ducats for uh 1.36 unit return north of a unit return may play Kelleher as well especially that it's going up if I do I'll post it at Dan Tom MMA where I post all my plays also my pre-show with Aaron Bronstetter shouts to him he redid his format was awesome had some great guests on from adam martin uh james lynch jeff molina man i really like jeff molina he's he's like a fighter man I, I i love it he's like you know he's like i don't i don't care about these weird stats and and i, I look at like the fighting styles i'm like fuck yeah jeff i mean we, we got to incorporate some stuff like that i've been getting better at that and as he will too but it's funny man like people that come from that side of the fight if, if, if i can if i can lay claim to having any kind of percentage because I would fall short in literally everything else, comparing myself to these beasts of people who actually do the shit. Um, At least my brain kind of works that same way for better and for worse. Uh, But that was kind of cool to see, like, fighters, they break it it down with that stylistic bias. You know what I'm saying? But, hey. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. uh, Check those sources. I I always talk about late ads on those shows with Aaron, and I always post uh, and I'm transparent about my stuff fight day. I know you guys... Want me to post it earlier, but it's like I have one piece of content that doesn't even come out until Fight Day, my main card picks and part so I got to, like, give that time to get read, right? You know what I'm saying? And thank you guys for reading and sharing that. Again, at Dan Tom DanTomMMA, uh, good luck on your picks and plays. Thank you for joining me here. Like the video. Subscribe. Daniel Tom MMA on YouTube for those of you listening in the audio version. Like the video if you haven't already. Thanks, everybody, for uh, participating in the chat. It was cool. I didn't even see any, like, racist shit, which is really cool. This is this is awesome. Let's keep that energy. (laughs) Watch it. It's gonna start coming. All right, I'm gonna get out of here before it hits. I just called on the beast. Good luck on your picks and plays, and always protect.